All right, how's it going tonight, everybody? We are Run the Real featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And we're back with our super spooky Halloween episode. The king of Halloween has chosen his, uh, his spooky delight. And what a movie to choose. I had no idea what I was in for with this one. Malignant. <laughs> James Wan made this movie, if you know who he is. I'm a James Wan fan, so yeah, I picked it. You know, I'm starting to think I am too. (laughs) Good. Join the club. There's plenty of room. But yeah, Malignant. This is a newer movie. Um, 2021 came out in September. Um, In the IMDb review, Madison is paralyzed by shocking visions of grisly murders and her torment worsens as she discovers that these waking dreams are in fact terrifying realities. That's, I guess, one way to sum it up. We're going to spoil this one, so if you haven't seen it yet and you don't want spoilers, be forewarned. And I would recommend going into this one without knowing anything, if you can. Yes. I knew nothing going into this. Like, all I'd seen was the uh, the cover art. Which is awesome. I love that cover art. Man. It does have a great poster. It's good, and yeah, this is one that the less you know is definitely better for it. So yeah, spoiler warning, but... What'd you guys think? Malignant. You know, it's kind of funny that you say that, actually. Because, you know, we had only seen the poster. You know, we we didn't see, like, any trailers or read anything about this going in. And that poster is pretty scary looking. So I, I kind of went into this um, expecting to be really, really scared. So I, it's almost like a witch conundrum again, you know? You don't want to go in knowing anything. But at the same time, I thought the witch was also going to be... Much scarier. Wait, what? Oh my god. The witch is horrifying. I guess I knew that this was kind of a crazy movie. I think I'd heard like little like mutterings online about like, whoa, this was insane. I never expected this, you know? And so I kind of knew it was going to be something a little weird and out there, I think, to begin with. Which pro- maybe it did help me. Maybe that helped a little bit. Well, I did not expect it to go where it did, you know, but it was still. <laughs> <laughs> like, since we're here, I guess. I don't know if I meant to get to this so early, but since we're talking about it, I didn't necessarily feel like this was a full-blown horror movie. I kind of felt like it was more of like a just really intense thriller movie. Yeah, I'll agree with that. It's like a, a crime thriller. And I do think knowing that might have kind of helped my opinion after my initial <laughs> viewing. It's got scary stuff in it, but it's not like horribly horrifying, you know, it's not as it's not it's no conjuring or like insidious it's yeah it's almost a slasher which is funny that this is, was our slasher category it kind of feels like that i've heard it compared to like a giallo too and it doesn't feel a lot like that to me it's got some influence from that for sure in there but it's not a full blown giallo film either <laughs> but it doesn't have that like blumhouse look that like wands kind of coined with stuff like insidious and the conjuring and dead silence i don't know i never i never felt like it was like those movies it it does at the start. It starts that way, hardcore, I'd say, and then it loses that pretty quickly. <laughs> I mean, within like 10 minutes, I, I would say. I don't know, yeah. 
I gotta say, I kind of loved how that movie started out and like how it like changed into something totally different. Like the because it starts out and it it's got like the ominous shot of like the house and there's like fog everywhere and I was like, okay, it's a haunted house, cool. And then <laughs> there's like you know the classic like it was a little different. It felt different to me, but it was like still kind of just like a ghost in the house or something. It looked like J horror, like The Ring kind of to me a little bit. Which I was into. I was like, oh, okay. So it's like slightly different than I'm used to with ghost stuff. I'm okay with this. But I cannot tell you how relieved I was when so it was like, oh, this is not a good story at all. <laughs> this is something completely different and wild. Yeah, this movie does have a lot of horror imagery in it, which James Wan is, you know, a master at doing, in my opinion. Like just in the first 10 minutes, I wrote down like, five notes about the horror imagery and my visual moment of like the couch from behind with the moonlight coming in while the husband's sleeping on it it slowly zooms in and then that figure stands over him oh and just the look of gabriel in this movie is straight up like bagul from sinister but yeah that's pretty much the horror extent i would say of this movie i would even say that you know, and I mean, this might be a hot take, but I would even say that Juan like wrote the book on like the framework for contemporary horror. What we see in the mainstream now, I feel like is all based on his movies from the early 2000s. He's done it like three times. Like he saw, he did uh, Conjuring, Insidious. How many movies have we seen? Like all three of those movies. <laughs> and I know we love to crap on those franchises, but I think his initial movies were solid and people just kept building off of them, but not everyone's James Wan. That's what he does. He starts a franchise and then he like dips out. <laughs> He's like, all right, you guys can <laughs> yeah. do what you want, but I'm done. <laughs> I mean, what? Would we even have Blumhouse stuff without James Wan? <laughs> I think we'd have it, but it would be different than what it is now yeah because he he's really good at starting franchises like we said and he's a trendsetter i guess in horror right now because everything after what he did does feel like what you know james wan laid down <laughs> as the basics which i feel like i can thank him for doing stuff like that but also i get kind of annoyed because those some of those trends like it's a demon and i throw you around the house it's a ghost <laughs> and i throw you around the house it's like you know, he did it really well, but yeah, he started a trend that really annoys me to this day. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do think it's interesting because these horror movies, they keep churning them out like this because they keep making bank. Um, so like general audiences just eat this stuff up like crazy. But we watch so many of these and we get so diversified in the horror genre. I, I would say we've just seen so much that we get tired of it. So it, it is interesting. Yeah, this one, I I love the idea of this movie, how we got there from the first 10 minutes of this movie to the end of this movie. Like, what the heck, boys? Like, I... I was like, what, imaginary friend? But then the imaginary friend is like this tumor that is attached <laughs> to her brain. Um, like, what? Like what did I watch? <laughs> yeah. We just going to get right into the story then? I don't know how we couldn't. I've been waiting like days to be like, what the heck, boys? What did I watch? <laughs> <laughs> I think I said WTF like, Three, there's three big moments in this that were huge twists for me, anyways. Like, 
I think the first one, because they've just been, um, they've set up that, like, Gabriel, the killer, has, like, his secret lair or whatever, you know, and he's got that chick tied up in there, and he makes that awesome weapon in there, too, and all that stuff. When she, like, gets free and falls through the attic and it's Madison's house, I was like, holy crap, I did not see that coming. When they're watching that videotape of Madison at when she was in the, like, doctor's asylum thing, not really asylum, but the facility, and then they like, all right, we're going to talk to Gabriel now and wake him up. And they just go behind her and he's attached to her. I was like, what the? It's like this weird looking, like <laughs> alien looking thing. Yeah. I naturally thought, and I think this is clever of them to structure it this way, that they separated them after that because they have that whole scene at the very, very beginning where they're, <laughs> they're like, we're going to cut out the cancer. And then in they get the jail cell scene, and she just rips the back of her head open, and there he is. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> that is the big scene that blew my mind. Yeah, I was like, what am I watching? <laughs> I, I do think this movie is kind of a mixed bag for me. Like, that idea is so cool, but it is also a little weird and cheesy. I think it's supposed to be, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I know it's supposed to be, but they like commit to it so hard, which I respect. But I'm like, did this chick never get a haircut? You know, like like stuff like that is kind He's of. She's not always back there. Yeah, her skull's closed until her husband smacks her the per head. Yeah, I guess I was thinking more of her as a kid because she had that growth on the back of her. Um, as a kid, I don't know, it, it. they don't explain when that grew there. She was in the asylum. Yes, but before that, she was like a kid before she went to the asylum. Oh, like in the adopted? Is that what you're talking about when she got adopted? Yeah. The mom, like, gave her away at birth, right? Madison and Gabriel lived together in that facility until she got adopted. Oh, so the, like, videos, the home videos of her, like, talking to her imaginary friend, Gabriel, was already sealed inside of her skull. Yeah. Yeah, because we get that, that that's why we get that awesome, like, well, I thought it was awesome, this very horrific scene of her flashback with, when Gabriel's trying to get her to cut the cake for mommy. Oh, man, that was, that was, that was pretty horrific, I thought. That was good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that helps clear it up. I was a little confused. This, the, like, narrative structure of this movie is, I like it on the whole because of these, re like, big reveals we get that you're like, WTF am I watching? But I was confused. I don't know, did everybody else pick that up? Was that just me who got confused? I wasn't confused by it. Me neither. I think I followed around, or I followed along pretty well, I think. Gotcha. Maybe it was just me. I will say, though, Mike, I, I, it was also kind of a mixed bag for me, although I think for a different reason, in that I, I didn't find these big shocking moments all that shocking. I think this movie might think it's, I mean, at least I felt like the movie thought it was being really clever and giving us a lot of winks, right? With the, uh, I mean, the title of the film, that beginning where they're like, we're going to cut out the cancer. 
Like, unfortunately, they're not the first people to use a teratoma like this. And I felt like all these jokes and gags and winks kind of gave it away almost from the start. If you're, I mean, familiar with some... For me, it was a Stephen King novel with a lot of similarities from, like, the 80s. The dark half. That gave it away, yeah. But that, so I, I, I want to preface, though, I, I love how hard they stick to it and how much they go into it. Like, they, they really do. I mean, it's cheesy and awesome. But the, the shocking moments and the surprises, I, I was not shocked, really, I guess. Did you think that he was still in her then? Or did you think that they'd actually separated him? Uh, I guess, like, in the beginning, it wasn't super clear. Because, yeah, in the dark half, it's not like this. But, like, the way she, like, that the, the, the killer, Gabriel, was walking backwards, it became, like, apparent, I would say, like, by the halfway point. Gotcha. Okay. See, when I was watching it, I was just like wondering, what the heck is that thing? Because yeah, he was walking backwards, and I was like, that's a that's a cool like twist on the classic like exorcism. Person gets a demon in them, and they just walk real weird. So that's what I was thinking. I I like I didn't get um I I love James Wan's titles. By the way, he's great at coming up with titles <laughs> for movies. I I. I for me personally, I could see like people guessing that it's a separated twin or whatever, but I thought that him being just put in the back of her head was was a pretty good one. Like I would have never guessed that in a million years. <laughs> I, I do like, yeah, I want to clarify. I do think it is very cool, and I love the way they ultimately reveal it, although perhaps revealed for a bit too long, but. I mean, it's a lot of good ideas, I guess. Like, I, I don't mean to knock it. You know, I'm certain a lot of people will be shocked. I'm certain there'll be a small group that's starting. You know, I mean, not a small group, maybe a big group. I'm sure I'm not that unique. That's like, you know, not necessarily super surprised. But I I do think they try to just give a few too many winks. <laughs> maybe. Maybe they could not do that. <laughs> well, and I know, too, I didn't know it because I didn't know the song, but they did a remake of a song that's called where's my mind literally um and that's like one of the main themes in the or one of the the main musical themes in the movie yeah it's like that pop song with the choir they're like ah yep i i do agree with you fox that they do make it pretty apparent if you put all the pieces together that it that it's a conjoined twin situation thing so I, I, I can see why you weren't too shocked by it. But I, I, I should say, yeah, I, 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 didn't, I did enjoy many of the other aspects. It, it didn't lessen some of the other craziness that I'm sure we'll get into later. Yeah, and watching it this time, there's a couple lines. Yeah, like, there's, it's, they're kind of like, yeah, funny winks at the audience. Like, Gabriel saying, like, even if they say I'm only in your head, you know, and stuff like that. And, like, what's the other one? He became a lost memory buried deep in the back of my head is what uh, Maddie says at one point in the movie. And it's like, literally, that is exactly what he is. <laughs> when they're interrogating her, too, and he calls them on the phone. Man, that was like, that was so creepy. And then knowing now, it just makes that like funny. <laughs> yeah, that scene, I was like, okay, so it was her the whole time, I guess, somehow. And I was like, great. But then when Gabriel calls them in like while they're interrogating i was like oh my god <laughs> like yeah i was like this is nuts like he's he's i just i never knew where this film was going i guess is for me 
it throws you for a loop there because yeah that's right after their their mom falls out of her attic yeah the narrative structure of this movie is really a roller coaster it feels like at least for me when i was watching it because when we had the reveal that the mom was in the attic and we had the interrogation scene and gabriel does call before that point, before Gabriel called, I was like, seriously, we're going with this imaginary friend thing? This, I don't like this. But then Gabriel called, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, it's like, okay, this is a little more interesting. And then, yeah, you, it keeps expanding on it after that. It It is good. It's a roller coaster, but I don't know. There's some stuff about it that I don't like. And I think mostly it's the characters for the the story that I don't really like. Um, the one I want to talk about is Gabriel. I think Gabriel is cool. He looks awesome. The idea of his existence is awesome. The weapons he used, the way he moves, all that stuff's awesome. But I think Gabriel is very annoying and cringy in all his dialogue. And that's pretty much. Um, <laughs> he is very angsty. <laughs> He's having a, a good time out there killing people. <laughs> he, he is very angsty about it. I don't know. Something about his dialogue towards the end of the movie and when he just went on the rampage. Like, it was cool visually to watch, but I was kind of like, okay, this is a little much. The whole ending where um, the the main girl can suddenly do like take back over her mind and stuff. I don't know. That was a little too much for me, I think. It happened too quick. But let, let's talk about Gabriel if you guys want to. No, I'm with you, Mike. I, I agree with that. It, it almost feels like he's doing like a early 2000s neckbeard like negging thing to her half the time like he's like i'm just gonna bash on you and tell you how weak you are and how much you suck so you'll do what i say because that works right yeah that's what it feels like to me i don't think you're wrong <laughs> i think he saves most of that for the end though and um when she's starting to fight back against him or whatever like, he says something early on, like, I can use your body better than you. Yeah, that that's at the end, though, after they're fighting with each other. So he's, like, losing control, and he's, like, lashing out a bit. The rest of it, he was just, he was hamming it up so much, I loved it. <laughs> Everything yeah. he said was great. <laughs> I mean, he's, like, literally, like, in a dark black trench coat. Like, he is, like, the most <laughs> angsty, evil creature in the world. Like, it's so funny. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I'm just like smiling every time he's talking on the thing. Yeah, it is over the top and ridiculous, but it, I, I really did like him. I thought he was cool. I, I did too, and it plays in so well with how he, he just, just murders people in this movie too. I, I loved it. Yeah, I, I do think Gabriel is the most interesting character in this movie by far. Um, But he's just too cringy for me like half of his dialogue was kind of annoying and cringy even though i'm like okay it's pretty cool that he's talking through like electronics and stuff everything about him was cool besides what he actually said to me that's just where i'm at with him i'm like okay if the, he wouldn't have been so angsty and yeah you had a good term for it fox where it, he does kind of feel like cringy neckbeardy in a lot of what he says which i can kind of see like his motivations yeah they tried to you know kill him cut him out and they shoved him back inside of her head 
but <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, it's just a little too much for me. Like, uh, how, like, how would you feel if they took away your body and shoved you inside the back of someone's head? I get big angry. I think what I like, I, I just wish like it was less like chip on my shoulder. I'm going to take vengeance on the world that tried to kill me. I, I just wish he could be known as somebody who just enjoys killing people. I think he does. He likes both. <laughs> He's mean. I wish that was his focus. I wish he was less focused on, I hate this world. This world is the cancer, not me. I wish he was just like, God, I love killing people in the morning. <laughs> That's what I want from him. <laughs> I wish that they had explored the dynamic between Madison and Gabriel more. Like, what if Gabriel tried to implant, you know, ideas into her brain to where he could slowly take over and he didn't have to rip himself out the back of her head to go kill people and stuff. I don't know. I think that is a missed opportunity of this movie because when are you ever going to get a character dynamic like this <laughs> again? Like, but I, yeah, I think that would have been a lot cooler than what we got with Gabriel for his personality. Everything else about Gabriel, I love. He, he really reminded me of like a, a nineties horror comic villain. Like, when the nineties are trying to be super edgy and you know like tough and dark, and it's like Spider Man's hunting down like a weird serial killer, and he's like just this really angsty guy. I don't know. He's he's wearing like he reminded me of like the the crow or something like that. Almost like a weird like I guess I wouldn't say like antihero because he pretty much is just a villain. But it kind of felt like a a weird like origin story for like somebody with like superpowers and like a dark past or something. You know? Yeah, and I mean. James Wan is awesome at coming up with these horror villains like this. Um, I mean, like, look at the nun. Look at the, uh, what is it, the Darth Maul face from Insidious. Look at Jigsaw. Yeah, Jigsaw. Um, you know, the, the puppets from Dead Silence. Like, he's awesome at coming up with these, and Gabriel just fits into that visually for me. Kind of talking on your point there, some Mike. I, I do think that would have been cool, um, but also they're not trying to get that deep with this movie, too. <laughs> they're, they're, they're definitely trying to make a, a B movie with this that's just having fun and being like, let's do the craziest stuff we can think of and we're going <laughs> to punk everybody with our marketing and stuff. <laughs> I, I agree with you, but I kind of like that they kept it pretty light two um for the most part in this because it's more fun that way i would agree because I, I i would i used to mention earlier mike that the ending was kind of not your favorite I, I would agree with that i think that that is really rushed that she suddenly can control it just as well as he can they probably could have done better about like having her being able to influence gabriel sometimes too or something like during each of her visions maybe she's like able to kind of like get him to hesitate or something like that maybe you know that would have been nice because it does just kind of come out of nowhere that i can control my body just like you can control me and then it's like oh you figured this out just now i guess because you were reminded about your uh yeah pregnancies and stuff she got so mad she got control instantly yeah i agree with that too i wanted like them to have like a crazy freaking mind battle or something or have like Madison suddenly learn kung fu or something and start fighting him Matrix style. I I get it 
what they did, but yeah, I, I was not super impressed with how they ended it. It really did just feel like, all right, we've had our fun. Now we got to We got to close up shop. It seemed like another huge, like logical gap to me. You know, I know we just said about invisible man shouldn't be logicking these goofy horror movies to death, but like, so she's like, I'm in control of my own mind now. Right. I'm gonna, he's like, I'm gonna come back though. And she's like, I'll be ready. But she's just gonna go walk around like normal society and be a person now, right? <laughs> I'd hope not. Yeah, well, right. Because, yeah, what if she's not ready? Like, what if he does break out again? Is she just gonna go on like a murderous rampage? And then I guess it's just like 20 dead more people. And, well, I guess we just put him back inside the skull until he breaks out again. Well, the question I have, I guess, is like at the beginning, she says as soon as her sister was born, like Gabriel got like locked away, like for good because he got replaced or something like so she's been able to do it before. Just like lock him up. I don't know. I wish that that could have been. I don't know how she did it. I kind of took it as like a coincidental healing of the back of her skull just coincided with the birth of that sibling. Oh, maybe. Huh. Okay. But yeah, I do think there's a lot of missed opportunities with this movie, and that's where I get my mixed bag. I also find it funny that we've got so much to talk about with this B-movie wannabe too, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is probably part of the fun and the joke of this film as well. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot there. Yeah, I, I was really curious to hear your guys' thoughts on this one. I... You know, yeah, as we've said, we mixed bag. I'm pretty torn. It's it's always a gamble when movie studios market a movie one way when it's not even closely related to that. Like this one, they were definitely pushing the horror. Like, this is going to freak you out. It's James Wan. Remember him? He made your favorite horror movies. And they have this crazy freaking idea that's not even scary. And then they start having kung fu gun battles and crap at the end. And <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> this isn't what I paid for. So that that's already, it's a gamble because you're messing with people's expectations. And so a lot of them are going to go in there and they're going to be like, I got punked into seeing some stupid movie, right? Um, and then you get people who are like, okay, this was wild. I can't believe I watched that and they have a good time. And then you have people who um, just like B movies and they're like, okay, I know exactly what they're doing here and I'm on board. <laughs> so it's, it's always a gamble. Yeah. James Wan has enough, you know, clout now that I think he can pretty much do what he wants most of the time. But I, I don't know. I don't feel like this one to me personally felt like a B movie that much like the idea kind of yeah the definitely the police station fight at the end um in this horror movie is kind of B movie but the rest of it, it it felt like it was taking itself pretty seriously like what I would agree with that no. I'm with Mike on this it felt <laughs> no. like it wanted to take itself serious yeah so like in all these you know horror movies that we've brought up like Terry, you've said the the ghost or the demon throws people around. Um, it, it felt like characters exactly from that. I don't feel like this felt like a B-movie at all to me. It felt like people were taking everything super seriously. Um, even, I mean, the cop was, like, willing to put up with her crazy idea that she could see uh, visions of this. 
of Gabriel killing people. I don't know. It I feel like it could have been better as a B movie. Um, but for me, most of this movie, the characters seem to be taking everything super seriously and it was presented seriously. For me, the characters take it seriously, but I don't think that the directing and, like, the film itself is taking itself seriously. Like, I don't necessarily want the characters to be, like, being like, this is ridiculous as, like, the, you know, Gabriel's flipping around and, like, killing people. Like, I I like that the characters are still, like, feel, they're, like, they're acting like they're in the real world, even when there's, like, ridiculous kung fu fighting going on and stuff like that. Everybody's I, the straight man in yeah. this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is so over the top. As soon as Gabriel puts on a freaking trench coat, I'm like, okay. I, I was just grinning ear to ear. I was like, okay, this is going to be so wild and ridiculous. Yeah. Like, they even, like, talk about some of the kills a little bit, too. They even do, like, I've, I've just been watching a bunch of the Dario Argento stuff. But they even, like, they do the super over the top, like, close up on the black glove killer brandishing the weapon with like the the deep red hat in the apartment when he kills that one dude or whatever it just like destroys him it it was so over the top and ridiculous and a lot of the lines that they speak to are the same way they're so ridiculous like He's just like, okay, you're going to say this, but you're going to say it as, as straight as you can, <laughs> you know? And it's it's just, and and that whole, like, very beginning with, like, the whole electricity thing, and they're, they're saying the lines like, it's time to cut out the cancer. Then we get that, like, rock song. It's just, like, the very beginning, like, when it's still pretending to be insidious, yeah, you can see it's being a little serious then, but afterwards, it's like everything they say is so dumb and like it's so over the top that I was like, man, this this is, this is great. I was loving it for like just being cheesy and stuff. But I mean, James Wan's such a slick director too that it doesn't even look like a B movie or what you would expect one to look like too. So. It's kind of interesting, I think, in that regard. It's always hard for me to not take a movie seriously when it wants to broach so many serious topics, which I feel like is what this one falls into. You think so? It wants to broach on, like, spousal abuse. It wants to broach on, like, pregnancy and, like, the difficulties of, you know, carrying a child. And what do you do if you keep having miscarriages? It wants to broach on, like, the foster system, adoption, it wants to broach on how women aren't believed in healthcare, and how doctors are like, oh, you're just being hysterical, I know what's really wrong with you. It has so many women's social issues thrown into it that I feel like it makes it kind of hard to not take it a little seriously sometimes. I think it, like, brings them up, but I don't really know if it, like, it bro I would say, you're right, it broaches them, but... It never takes the effort to fully explore them either. I think it's just, it brings them up for sure. But like, I'm like, why bother broaching it? Like, if you're not gonna like, you know, I don't, I, don't, I felt like a lot of it didn't have to be broached, and yet we did. We spent you know hundreds of thousands of dollars making sure it went into the final cut of this movie. So like, there must have been a reason. I think it's just maybe some of it is a byproduct of the convoluted story. <laughs> Uh, but it, it serves well to give, like, a backstory of how this thing occurred, kinda. You know, at least it did for me. 
And then it's like just the convoluted way they get to Gabriel ripping himself out of the back of her skull. I think it just maybe unintentionally brings up some of that stuff. Or it just uses a lot of it just to be over-the-top ridiculous with it, too. Like him eating the fetuses. I I can see these B-movie aspects of it and how you picked it up. But for me watching this, maybe I need to watch it again because my expectations going into this, even though I knew nothing about it, it sets it up like if we're watching the Conjuring characters, you know, like... uh, it, that that's how it approaches characters in situations in this movie. It, it doesn't feel like anything like the Evil Dead or uh, any other popular B horror movies I've watched. It just doesn't feel like that to me. The very beginning does, I think, but that's like you forget about that um, once you get into the main gist of it at the beginning. After the opening credits, I should say, where it's trying to be insidious and all that stuff again. So I think the 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 very first part is kind of trying to clue you into it, but like it's such an oddity, and that the tone is so weird compared to the first half of this film that you kind of forget about it too. I know I did for a bit, so I think that's him trying to clue everybody in that maybe this isn't exactly what you think it's going to be. But like you said, the the very big, like, I, I'd agree with you. The first 10, 20 minutes, maybe even with this is it, you take it pretty seriously. It kind of like strings you along. And over time, as more crazy stuff keeps happening, you're like, okay, maybe this is just a bunch of ridiculous nonsense. <laughs> It doesn't help that it's filmed extremely well, too. (laughs) Oh, man, it looks awesome. And every time that Gabriel has like a chase scene, and I mean, Jesus Christ, that final fight scene, it is shot so well. It does look good. I'm kind of in a mixed bag about that, though, because I feel like it's almost too clean looking for what it is, you know? And I think that maybe that's like part of the joke and why, yeah, maybe there is some like hang up with people about like the weirdness of this movie, because... I think if it was shot a little cheaper, a little more low budget, not quite as crisp and clean, I'm it might actually work in its favor a bit more. Maybe I don't know. I I took some notes on like the settings and sets of this movie and I agree they're all super well done. I love the misty like foggy moonlight setting and vibes this movie gives out because there's a scene where um Madison is looking out her window. Um, in her house at the street light and it's misty and she can see this shadow figure out there Ooh, that's so good i love that misty vibe it's even in the police station which looks like this weird like asylum bathhouse we keep coming back to this i've got a theory about this movie and why why we keep coming back to this conundrum of how good it looks and how slick the action is but how goofy the plotline is. I think this movie is a test. Like, like, not like a test, like for us, but like, 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 I think James Wan is trying to usher us into a new age of horror action. All right. Like, hear me out here, right? Because he has a ton of upcoming projects and canceled projects. 
that are like horror action. Like he's got some upcoming Stephen King stuff. You know, I think he's attached to like a Frankenstein project. He's been attached to like an animated Yojimbo. He was going to be the director for a live action Robotech that got pulled off of that. We were going to have the Aquaman horror series, The Trench, that got canceled. I think he's getting ready. I think he wants to do horror action. I mean, how long has it been since we've had a franchise like Blade or Underworld or, you know, Resident Evil, all that stuff from like the early 2000s. And now we're like in the John Wick era with these long takes, super elaborate fight scenes. I think that's what James Wan is trying to do. He's trying to build up to be in the horror action guy. I hope so. Yeah, I'm ready for something different, really. Like, that's what half of what I love this movie so much about is because it's so different from every, like, other kind of typical horror movie. Just, oh, man, like, yeah, it had me grinning ear to ear just the fact that, yeah, Gabriel's a man. He's not just some sort of thing. He's doing flips down a grate, you know? Yeah, he's throwing chairs across <laughs> the room. Like, it, it makes me so happy. I really, I hope you're right, because, I mean, we need something different. At least I do. I need something different. I mean, the way he films action is real good, too. I mean, we talked about when we reviewed Aquaman. This the things he does with the camera shouldn't work, but it does the way he pulls it off. And I mean, he does it in this, too. Like when Gabriel is <laughs> slaughtering the entire police station. <laughs> They have a a really long take where they're like spinning the camera all over the place and doing the Matrix stuff is nuts. That's my favorite part of the whole movie, to be honest. <laughs> I hope you're right, Fox, because I, I'm a huge James Wan fan. And you brought up Aquaman, Dan, but he also did Furious 7. Like, he is like a genre, like jumping guy and he he got his roots from horror and it's cool to see him do all these other things and he does everything well i mean even though i have my gripes with this movie um they're kind of minor i mean i enjoyed watching this movie and i haven't stopped thinking about it since i watched it everything he does i i love i hope so i hope he does some kind of blade or action horror thing because we've been missing that and he's the guy to do it. I love that. I Fox. think he is, man. <laughs> I hope you're right. If, if he's going to make more like this, I'm down. I'm down for it. Because, I mean, yeah. He's got so many good ideas. Like, every one of his movies that he started has been a pretty good idea, you know. This one's the craziest by far. But I like, like Terry said, I like how crazy and original it is. I know it's not completely original, but it's original enough with sticking them in the back of her head. <laughs> and it's been so long since we've seen anything like that. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, people bring up Basket Case or whatever. I haven't seen it, but, I mean, that that's a pretty common one that people bring up when talking about this. And well, when was that? Like, the 80s or something? I don't remember. Yeah, I think so. But it's, it's been a long time. Every single one of his, like, movies has visual moments in them that are, you know, specific to that genre. Whether it's Aquaman, Furious 7, or horror movies, I think he, like, set up basically horror movie, like, cinematography tricks that everything has copied after him with Insidious and, you know, The Conjuring. 
I mean, they're not always super unique, but he does something crazy cool in each one, I think. I have trouble trying to describe how I feel watching some of his scenes, but it he does such a good job with the cinematography, the aesthetic, and like the horror aspects, whether it's the the villain, um, the lighting, whatever of the scenes, he creates tension like not a lot of other horror directors can with just small scenes, like where she's trapped and has to watch him while she's standing still and can't move. I don't know. It's it's very claustrophobic the way he creates these scenes and creates tension and horror. And I love that because he does that in like every single movie. <laughs> He's very good. at. He's <laughs> just a slick director, man. Everything he does is slick. I didn't like Aquaman that much, but that that movie's a, a great looking movie. <laughs> I do have one more thing I wrote down that I did not like about this one. I'm not a fan of the music. <gasps> what? There's, there's 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 multiple scenes in this that feel like um it has this very dramatic motivational speech music in it <laughs> while like it's raining outside and it's misty and the police are like walking up to the house, but it's like this super heavy motivational music. And there's multiple times this movie has that in there. Um, I picked up on it and that's the vibes I got from it. I don't know. What, what did you guys get? I picked up on the heavy distorted guitar, like just going dun, 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 dun. I love that so much. It's really over the top and kind of ridiculous. It made me think of like, yeah, the 90s where they're always trying to put like new metal into horror movies and stuff. Yeah. It reminded me of like a Saw theme kind of a little bit, even like the Charlie Clouser stuff. Um, I didn't really notice, yeah, the uh, more inspirational stuff. But whenever that heavy metal guitar was coming in or that pop song, I was loving it. Like, it's just so over the top. <laughs> it really, I think that's really what helped me. Because at the beginning with that credit song, it's just so like, ridiculous. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this is not, I haven't, it's like, it's like when it's like, I haven't heard your name in a long time, you know? And it's just, oh, I hadn't heard something like that in forever from a horror film. Yeah, it was great. It just, I love that opening credits because it's got that crazy over the top rock on it. And then <laughs> it's just showing you them cutting freaking um, Gabriel off of her. You don't know that at the time, but that's what it's showing. It's so nasty. There's like a lot of music in this movie. There's like, well, there's, there's some synth tracks. There's obviously some awesome rock stuff. There's the symphonic stuff. You're not, you know, I'd kind of forgotten, Mike. I should have taken a note. Because, <laughs> yeah, those were weird. But that said, the ones that work, like the rock ones you mentioned, TV, when they work, I think, good Lord, they work. It's awesome. He stated that this was him, like, he made this to be like an homage or whatever to the old b-movie horror stuff he likes and he named argento in there so i feel like maybe he is trying to do a weird soundtrack with it kind of like goblin with argento maybe too i liked it when it worked though like that whenever they use that rock song or the the um the pixies remake of that song I thought those were awesome and fit really well, but I honestly, I don't remember much of the other stuff, so. <laughs> I, I got to, the more I think about, you know, the vibes I got from that credit song at the beginning, 
It does very much feel like Metallica's all nightmare long um, <laughs> music video a little bit. And, you know, I was fine with that. The only things uh, there was like maybe three times I caught where it was like weird, super heavy, motivational kind of music. I could feel somebody be up there like, you hear this challenge and you can overcome it. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I got that from some of it. I might need to watch this one again to try and pick up these B-movie vibes. So now that I've seen it through and my expectation can somewhat be like contained to what I know it's going to be. Now that you know what it is, yeah. Sometimes that does help. I do that sometimes with movies where it's like, okay, now that I know what you're going to be, I can accept it, hopefully. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But Yeah. And I mean, that being said... I did like this movie quite a bit still. Like, I, it is mixed bag. It's not my favorite James Wan out there, but, you know, I, I can accept it. It was so weird and crazy. I'm like, wow, you've done it again, James Wan. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Well, boys, as the king of Halloween, I think it's time for some overall presentation. The king has decreed it. I have decreed. It's time. All right. Your wish is our review. <laughs> excellent yeah we got a scale we use to rate these movies that goes from burn it pass watch it or buy it in that order we're all gonna give a little spiel and then land out our ratings will our ratings be malignant will they be insidious or will we conjure up a good review mm. oh nice you know this movie was kind of weirdly relatable to me because sometimes you know i get like weird phone calls and it's like voices telling me to do things and um it's been pretty persistent lately about one thing and it's like mike needs to go first and it's really it, it's starting to get a little angry so i think maybe mike should go first you know just to appease this strange um figure in my life yeah after, after watching this movie i agree tv I can I can do this for you. As the king of Halloween, ah, I can go first. He's granted me a boon. <laughs> I love that title. The king of Halloween. Can that be how I <laughs> introduce on the show? What? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, nonsense aside, um, you know, I love James Wan as a director. He always does something cool and fresh and interesting. And I mean, we, we talked about, he kind of set the precedent for a lot of the modern horror movies we have today. And this was such a crazy idea and movie from him. You know, I'm still thinking about it, uh, to this day and I'm still laughing about the gift that Dan dropped in the group chat of like Voldemort in the first <laughs> Harry Potter movie <laughs> on the back of that dude's head. Um, but, you know, that being said, this movie looks amazing. Gabriel looks amazing. It sounds amazing. There's so many tense horror scenes and cinematography in this movie. My main gripes are with, yeah, the narrative structure. And um, I, I think there's some missed opportunities for character moments and development in this movie that could have really sent it over the top. But that being said, this is an easy watch it. Yeah, definitely check this out, especially if you're a James Wan fan or you're just in the mood for something crazy horror movie that's different from what we've been seeing. Yeah, check it out. This movie's a tricky one for me. I was saying to the other co-hosts here before we started that, uh, I really need someone else's opinion to help me formulate my own opinion. 
And yet I, I don't feel like I'm any closer to really knowing how I feel about this movie. You know, I, I went in blind, not watching any trailers, just seeing the poster and knowing the title, but it it becomes apparent how literal the title is pretty quickly, and I almost feel like they could have given it like a Goosebumps title, like the Terra Toma Terror on Tuesday or something, but that there's a lot of awesome stuff in this movie. You heard my theory earlier about James Wan. I hope it's true. I, I think it helps me at least think of this movie as a test movie and not a full-blown feature film. You should like this movie, because it, it is tricky. We, 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 we talked about earlier, it's... You know, it, it's a nod, a throwback to B-films, but it's so slick and well done. It's like, how could you not take it more seriously? I'm going to give it a watch. It, it's something different, and I do love, and yes, I, I, I use the word love here. I do love that about it, that it is something different. Thank you, James Wan, for breaking us out of the monotony of the franchises you created. He's a great director that I, I think we should probably bring up more for the influence he's had on contemporary horror. I think it's rare that I'll give a James Wan movie a pass, even stuff like Aquaman. So, a watch from Fox. Even Aquaman? How dare you? But anyways, <laughs> um, uh, I, I really do like this movie a lot. I think, like, this is, it almost felt like this was, like, catered to me. Like, it it was, like, tricking me almost at the beginning. It's like, oh, great. This is some sort of weird ghost story, albeit it's kind of got a weird vibe, but it's still a ghost story. Okay, fine, whatever. But then when... Gabriel reveals himself as just like the strange man who walks backwards and has a knife and wears a trench coat with long black hair over his face. I was so in for this movie at that moment. Like, I'm just so happy it's not a dang ghost or demon or anything. It's just this weird, really strange, like, tumor man. And I love that. I don't know. And it's just so over the top and ridiculous. Like, I don't, I don't know. I think maybe the production itself like the i think it does look a little too clean for my taste like james wan is a good visual guy but i think it would have helped him if maybe this was a little bit lower budget um but regardless of that it it looks good and i love the music everything about it really just kind of melts together into this weird ridiculous like masterpiece question mark i don't know if i'd call it that but it's really great i do like it a lot um i'm gonna give it a buy it because man i'm i cannot express how happy i was when i watched this the first time just all the crazy reveals and all the weirdness of this movie it just it 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 did my heart good man i freaking loved this movie (laughs) i did not know what i was getting into but man was it a good time uh there there is some not great stuff in it like the characters aren't that great they say some dumb stuff but you know the rest of this i i just didn't really care too much about those those flaws with it because the rest of it's just so much dang fun i had an awesome time watching this i was laughing all the time and then i had three separate WTF moments watching this that just like blew my mind it was awesome it's so ridiculous and over the top and it 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 helps because it puts the rest of the stupid stuff people say in perspective once you get past it trying to pull the wool over your eyes it was so much fun man I had a great time watching this the end wasn't that great I think they could have done something cool with that, something better, but you know, that's all right. I'll forgive it. He did he did a great job 
making a throwback B movie because that's very hard to get done correctly, I think. Buy it for me. This was great. Nice. There you have it. Our Halloween review for 2021. Yeah. And Halloween slasher category, which I guess it fits into kind of. It fits, yeah, because it's been our, like, weird slasher movies that maybe or may not be slashers. This is, I would say this fits in with the weird, yeah, maybe it's a slasher, I don't know. (laughs) It's it's got (laughs) slasher parts in there. So, we're going to be going on hiatus for a little bit, uh, at least a couple weeks, I don't know, maybe more, but we'll be back eventually. And our next category is going to be something a little different, a requested category. Yeah. Yeah, Kirk sent us in a request. He wants us to watch some bad movies, apparently. (laughs) The true horror, just as October's ending. (laughs) But uh, I've got the first pick, and it's something that I've always been curious about, but I almost guarantee it's horrible. Um, (laughs) It's Man-Thing. Man-Thing, huh? Yeah, based off the famous Marvel character Man-Thing. Really? Is this the 2005 movie? Yep. I'm a big Man-Thing fan, so we can get into that later, but we'll see how the movie (laughs) adapts Man-Thing. Oh, look, yeah. Marvel Studios Presents. Yep. (laughs) This will be good. (laughs) So, we'll see how this goes. Before Marvel was cool, there was (laughs) We had (laughs) Man-Thing. Yep, we'll see. We'll we'll find out if it's that bad. Maybe it'll be good. I doubt it, but we'll find out. But in the meantime, if any of you listeners out there want to get in contact with us, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Run the Real or email us at runtherealpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts about Malignant. We want to know. There's a lot to talk about with this one, so you got to tell us if you liked it or not. Yeah, be sure to get in contact with us and, you know, be sure to tune back in for when we get into these roast night movies it's been a while since we've roasted some stuff so hopefully it'll it'll be pretty fun (laughs) i hope so hopefully the movies aren't so bad that you know (laughs) we can't have any fun roasting them but i i'm excited i do like roasting some movies but yeah thanks for listening to us tonight we really appreciate it this is run the real signing off (laughs) 